1: Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall Guy.
0: That's what the poster said.
1: See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read at PG 13.
0: Lucky Land Casino. Asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky?
2: All right, welcome everybody back to another edition of Chairgate and I'm your host Rattlesnake coming at you live from a closet inside my parents' house in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina because we're all stuck in quarantine and this is just how we live now. This week's episode is brought to you by Chronic Boredom. If you're in the mood for doing something fun outside, this product isn't for you. It's been on the market for essentially the dawn of time, but the stocks are booming in this product since 2020. And to help us get through some of this chronic boredom that we're all suffering from right now during this quarantine, I have a very exciting episode for you this week. My special guest on this week is Randy, the plumber. That's right. The man, the legend himself, the TikTok champion, the NASCAR guru. Oh, shit. And if you thought that was a clip from Randy, that wasn't. That was from me. But in this interview I have with him, he helps teach me how to do his oh, shit. You know, I didn't know what to expect having Randy on on the show. The guy's a lot of fun, obviously, on TikTok. And I'm sure everybody that listens to my podcast knows about Randy the Plumber. If you don't go check out his TikTok right now, it's hilarious. But I'm going to be honest, I didn't know what to expect going into it. What I didn't expect is how knowledgeable this guy is when it comes to NASCAR. In the back of my head, I was like, is this guy playing a character? You know, Randy the Plumber, a NASCAR fan in Mississippi? No, absolutely not. This guy is 100% legit. He is real, and he knows his shit when it comes to NASCAR. Super, super fun conversation. Had a really good time with this guy. Y'all are going to love this interview. But first, I want to check in on some of the messages that my audience left me. For anyone interested, I have a number set up that you can call, you can leave me a voicemail, you can ask me a question, or just give me a topic to talk about, and I'll do my best to get to those messages. The phone number for that is 910-742-0411. That's 910-742-0411. And I apologize if I'm not getting to everybody's messages this episode. Me and Randy's conversation lasted a little longer than I thought, but... It's that good of a conversation. Y'all are going to love this interview, like I said. So let's just dive into the first couple that I'm I'm seeing, or at least the people that I'm recognizing. Hey, good, and this is Colton Cranmore.
0: Everyone always gets up in arms
2: about November about Kyle Busch's 2015 NASCAR championship.
1: How he missed about half the season, came back, kicked ass, and won it under this new format that we've got. But in 1973, when Benny Parsons won the title, he only finished on the lead lap one time that entire season, and that was his win at Bristol. So I want to know, who do you think is the least most
2: deserving champion that NASCAR has ever seen in any of its series? All right, Colton, thanks for calling in. And that is at Colton, good buddy of mine on Twitter, also known as the arch nemesis of Darian from Black Flags Matters. But very interesting question, Colton. That's a tough one because, honestly, I, I, I don't have a least deserving NASCAR champion. And I know a lot of people have different opinions on this. But in my opinion, you win the championship, you win the championship. There's not much else I can say about it. The thing with Kyle Busch, he had a legitimate reason for not uh not being able to race in all those races. I mean, he broke his legs. And the guy came back and kicked ass. That's like Tom Brady, you know, only playing half the Super Bowl against the Falcons and still winning. And then the Falcons saying, well, Tom Brady only played half the game. I mean, they don't deserve to win the Super Bowl. The guy came back from a tough injury and whooped ass. So, like, I I think he deserves it. I know a lot of fans think otherwise, but that's just my stance on it. A few other good ones that people, you know, talk about for undeserving champions would be Austin Dillon in the Xfinity Series championship. He didn't win a race that season, I believe. And uh, I mean, I'm an Austin Dillon fan. So I still think, I, you know, I'm, I'm in the camp that if you win a championship, more than likely, you know, you deserve to win it because that means that everybody else didn't step up to the occasion. They didn't do enough to prevent you from winning the championship. Uh, another big one that I've read about uh, doing some research was Bill Rexford. In the 1950 championship, he only ran 36 races in his entire career and only got one win in his entire career. And yet he is a NASCAR champion in 1950. So like I said, there's definitely people out there that'll make, you know, certain arguments for one way or the other. But in my opinion, if a guy won a championship, all that means is the other drivers just didn't do enough to prevent him from winning that championship. Hang on, let me put you on hold. I got another line. Hi, Rattlesnake. Johnny Thomas here. First time, long time. Big fan of the show. Also a big fan of Erska.
3: I've been watching a lot of races.
2: The amount of talent you assembled with
3: Christian Eckes and part-timer Chris Wright,
2: you're not getting the results out of Charity Motorsports like you wanted. I was just wondering, uh, do you feel like the blame will start getting put on your shoulders now? I'll hang up and listen, thanks. Of course I'm going to get a call about Erska. Of course I am. And of course it's going to be Johnny Thomas. Big fan of Erska, Johnny, are you? Are you a big fan? This guy created Erska. And I love Johnny. He's been on the show before. He's an awesome dude. Um, if if anybody listening to this episode doesn't know, Erska is an iRacing series that my podcast competes in. I, I sponsor a car. I have Christian Eckes, the, uh, the driver for Kyle Busch Motorsports. He drives my number 69 nice car in that series. It's definitely the best car of all time. It's the best race car of all time, virtual or reality. And my part-time driver, Chris Wright, also an incredible driver. And he's been super supportive, always, always there when I need him, very reliable. Both drivers always driving the car up front of the race. And I guess this goes back to why Johnny called. Because he's asking, what the hell's going on? Here's what's going on. Johnny, maybe there's a conspiracy. Maybe you're involved in this. Because every time the 69 is out there, it is targeted. Hell, this week, on Monday, Christian Eckes went flying through the fucking air and sliding on the roof of the car. I think there's a conspiracy behind this whole thing. I think nobody wants to see Rattlesnake and the chair getting car get in victory lane people are scared of 69 and they've been coming for us ever since i hyped it up from the get-go and they know what they're dealing with now and they come for us that's what i think's going on johnny and at the end of the day yeah i do put the blame on myself this is my team but the only thing i blame myself for is not figuring out this conspiracy sooner and shutting it the hell down hang on let me put you on hold i got another line
3: what's up rattlesnake this is chris half of the drivers for the chair gating car and i'm
2: just curious as if you're going to use this off week to lift the curse that's been on this race car i mean christian flipped it over
3: again at talladega and i would like to announce that in the belly up invitational chair is going to be featured on my race car so looking forward to more races
2: speak of the damn devil there we go chris my part-time driver for the 69 car in the Erska series Dude's awesome. He's an incredible driver. More people need to start following him if they're into iRacing, if that's their thing. His Twitter handle is at ChrisKW24. All one word. Dude's an incredible iRacing driver. Dude's hilarious. Really funny guy. So I'm glad he called in. Chris, I think what we're going to have to go ahead and do with this 69 car, unfortunately, is change the paint scheme because it's become like well-known in the Erska series that the number 69 rattlesnake purple majestic machine lightning bolt is cursed i mean people are saying it's cursed that's like a thing people are saying i think the only way to break that curse is to probably just get another pain scheme unfortunately so i'll get on that asap chris we'll make sure that you're not driving the cursed car anymore because you deserve better you and christian Ekkis both deserve better and uh that's what we'll do for you that's going to be all the time I have for the calls today. Of course, two of the three were about Ersco. But I appreciate the people that do call in. You know, I really like the feedback. I really like to converse with my audience. And I think this is a good way to converse with everybody. So without further ado, let's get right into this interview with Randy the Plumber. I'm going to put you on hold. I'll be right back and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Oh, shit! Look who we got with us here. I am with my newest guest this week, Randy the Plumber. Welcome, Randy.
3: Howdy, howdy. Oh
2: shit! There What's it was. I was about to ask you if you could do that. That was that was great. I well, tried. Anybody
3: can say oh shit, can't they?
2: Yeah, but not like that. <laughs>
3: oh shit! Oh yeah, yeah. You're you're almost there, man. Just bring it yeah. a little bit more from the gut. Put a little bit more soul in it. Then you I was have. Gonna a- say.
1: Oh shit!
2: I need about 20 more years in Mississippi, and maybe I'll get there. Well, Randy, <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much for coming on the show this week. I know everybody's super bored, so I know my fans are going to love to hear you talk because everybody that follows NASCAR obviously knows who you are at this point just because of TikTok. And I just want to start out by saying I literally signed up for TikTok just to watch yours.
3: Are you serious?
2: <laughs> You're the only person I follow. I don't know like how TikTok <laughs> works. I don't know anything about TikTok. I just signed up yeah. just because of your TikTok uh the first one I saw one you know they had the big wreck I think it was at Daytona 500 and you said the oh shit the big one Yeah. Yeah. Would, would
3: yeah. you
2: say that's the one that kind of got you uh, you know popular or I don't want to use the word famous but uh you know what I mean.
3: Well I mean I did a lot of uh football stuff you know late in the fall and then January and stuff like that but you know, I, I was chomping at the bit for NASCAR to get going again at Daytona, and uh, about about just couldn't wait anymore. But you know, racing racing season's longest season in all professional sports. Right. But it has the most boring off season in the world because there's not jack shit going on in the racing off season. You know, there's no draft, there's no this, there's no that, there's no there's no nothing. They go on vacation. They like fuck it, let's go. And we don't hear shit until Daytona. You know, right. and that's uh, it's the most boring off season that there is. Thank God that the season is so damn long. <laughs> because if it was as short as football season, we would lose our freaking minds. NASCAR yeah. fans would.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
3: But, uh, you know, that, that big wreck happened at Daytona and, and I I was just I was I was ready and I was primed and I said, get the camera out, this shit's fixing to get real real fast. So did and, you uh, hop on TikTok, like, right away? I mean, yeah, yeah. Within within three minutes of that wreck happening, the video was posted.
2: Well, I'm saying, like, did you sign up for TikTok if, and you were making videos and stuff? What kind of got you into that?
3: Well, I signed up back in uh, October. My daughter just kept pushing me and pushing me. She, she kept, you know, she's just the, the silliest person I've ever seen. And, <laughs> of course, she's, she was 16 years old, so I don't know, you know, that. That means a whole lot, but her friends come over and stuff, and they're like, "You need to make TikTok videos." And finally, I joined TikTok, and I made I made my very first video, which was just simply me saying "Oh shit" three times. <laughs> and then uh I got to looking at all the rules and stuff with TikTok, and it's like you you can't really do anything till you got a thousand followers. So uh I told her, I said, "Well, it, it'll be months and months before I get a thousand followers," and it was twelve minutes. What uh, After that first video was posted, and then it was like it just went crazy. And then the Steelers and Browns game came. So uh Mason Rudolph got his helmet ripped off, got the That's shit knocked right. out of him, all that good stuff, and I made a video about it, and it freaking went crazy. I mean, it took like two hours to have 700,000 views. And I was like, well, I guess people want me to do sports. So, and I love sports. So that's just, you know, that was just all I needed to hear. That's like that time I went to the doctor and uh, I was about, I don't know, about 40 years old. And he said, you know, if you drink a glass of scotch every now and then it, it'll it help you help your health overall. Well, that's all I needed to hear, you know, cause I love scotch.
2: So, so you're going to live forever.
3: Yeah. The doctor told me, you know, I need to drink scotch. And I was like, well, that's, that's all I need to hear, you know? And then, <laughs> And that's – when I figured out people wanted me to do sports, that was really all I needed to hear. And I jump off in a little bit of politics every now and then when I'm really bored, like right now. Right. Uh, Everybody's bored out of their damn minds. I always said if we ever lose sports in this country, people will go crazy and start killing each other. Well, (laughs) we about done went crazy. So (laughs) I hope we get some sports soon.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I think everybody would agree with you there. Would you say – that you've seen because I, I watched a lot of your XFL videos because yeah. I think that that's when I kind of got onto your TikTok through NASCAR and then XFL was going on. I was a big uh, Houston Roughnecks fan. Unfortunately, that season yeah. ended. Uh, w- but what sport would you say specifically have you got the most fame from or the most recognition from? Yeah,
3: probably the XFL. Uh, and the reason I say that is uh, the 21st of March I was actually supposed to be in Houston for that home game as a guest of the Roughnecks and at halftime they were going to play my videos on the jumbo Jumbotron. <laughs> so you know everything got canceled and they was actually uh, in the process of giving me thousands and thousands of tickets to give away to completely pack the stadium. Uh, it would be the first time stadium would ever be packed for an XFL game of you know like that but it just didn't happen, so I'm uh I'm looking to get more involved with NASCAR though, because I love NASCAR. I, mean, I named my my son's 20 turns 24 this year, and I named him after Jeff Gordon. No way. You know, that's yeah, I did, I did. I was gonna name my second son after Bobby Labonte, and uh, yeah, I was told that wasn't gonna happen. So, <laughs> but yeah, uh, Jeff Gordon was my number one, and then Bobby Labonte was my number two back in those days and we're talking you know 95 96 son was born in 96 and another one in 99 and then Bobby Labonte wound up winning the championship in 2000 so uh you know I had it going on pretty well back then
2: were you a uh, Dale fan or no
3: no I wasn't I wasn't but I, I can tell you this I was a NASCAR fan right okay and, and NASCAR fans are family it doesn't matter if if you were a ricky rudge fan or uh, uh it it, do, it doesn't matter hell yarborough it, it everybody was the same you were family and the day the day in '01. one
1: you
3: In the last lap of the Daytona 500, in the last turn, my heart got broke. Uh, And that's with everybody that was a true, genuine NASCAR fan at the time. didn't matter if you were a Dell fan or not. Uh, And it's just what it was. But we've recovered from that. Uh, You know, I'm I'm working right now. Uh, You may have seen some of it. I'm working right now on my top 25 NASCAR memories or moments of my life. And uh, I'm going to have to say that probably my number one, and uh, I've got most of this penciled out, but probably my number one NASCAR moment in my life, and I'm, I wasn't a junior fan either, okay, but the 2001 summer race at Daytona, the 400, when junior won that race, and him and Michael Waltrip met in the tri in the grass, and embraced each other. That's probably my number one greatest NASCAR moment of my life. And uh, NASCAR is that sport. It, it, and all sports give you moments, okay? Let's don't, don't, don't mistake what I'm saying. NASCAR is the one sport that gives you the tear jerking, rip your heart out moments, okay? No other sport does that. It's, uh, in NASCAR, you don't know who's gonna win. Until they cross that finish line, right? In football, the game may be out of hand in the second quarter or the third quarter, and and most of the time, at probably eighty percent of football games, eighty percent of baseball games, and basketball games, you know who's going to win when that when when either the last strike is thrown or the buzzer goes off, or or whatever, or the last whistle's blown. But in NASCAR, you don't know these things. You don't. There's no there's no winner until the last six inches of a race. Now somebody can go out there and dominate and make a race boring. Sure. They can. Hell we even had tandem racing at one time if you remember that. (laughs) Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Boring, boring shit. Oh yeah. Okay, but but it did produce one hell of a finish at one point at Talladega. Okay. They were three wide coming to the finish line. Uh but but NASCAR is just that sport where there's nothing is final until it's final. You know, I've seen so many races won by point zero Six, seven seconds. Uh, Mark Martin's give us a ton of great finishes. Dale Earnhardt gave us a ton of great finishes. Look at what happened when Kevin Harvick took over that three car, which became the 29 car in his third race at Atlanta. I mean, that was that was some of the most fantastic shit in sports history. He beat Gordon to the line just by inches in his third start, um, and that's probably going to make my top 25. Yeah, you know. Yeah, right, a good one. right now I'm at number 23. Well, I'm at number. I'm at number. I got to do number 22. I've done 25, 24, and 23. But uh, tonight, number 22 comes out, and uh, I don't even know what that's going to be yet. I'm I'm, I'm struggling <laughs> between seven different seven different things right now for my number 23. It's hard, man. It's hard to put together a solid top 25 NASCAR moments in history. Personally, now I don't care what everybody else's is. These are my personals. If you've ever tried to do that, it's it's hard to do.
2: Yeah, I'm actually because impressed that you're doing it.
3: There's thousands of moments. you right. know. There's thousands. Like Alan Kawicki winning the championship as an owner driver. You know, nobody gave him a chance. Nobody. He goes out there and wins the damn thing. Of course, he got killed in an airplane crash directly after that. But, yeah, you know, there's just so many moments in history. And NASCAR is just that sport that gives us – they almost give us too many moments. You know, but the the moments that it gives us, is just, you cannot write a book. Like when Dale Earnhardt, we lost Dale Earnhardt and Dale Jr. goes out and wins the very next race at Daytona and Dale, Dale senior's car won the race that he died in. I mean, you can't, you can't write this stuff. It's absolutely amazing. What the history of NASCAR and what it's, what it's given us. It's crazy. It's phenomenal is what it is.
2: So you've been a NASCAR fan your whole life.
3: 48 years.
2: Okay, yep. and, and you're located in uh, Mississippi. What is uh, the favorite your favorite track that you've been to?
3: Well, I'm torn right there.
2: Because I'm sure no. you go to Talladega a lot since you're in Mississippi.
3: I love Talladega, and, and it's probably the funnest track to go to on a budget that exists. Okay, Talladega is one of them tracks that you don't have to have a ton of money to have a ton of fun. Uh, I love Bristol. Bristol, a little short track, short you know, half mile, short as it gets. But man, what a show! What a right. freaking show! I love Charlotte. I love Atlanta. I liked Atlanta before they reconfigured it. A lot of these younger NASCAR fans don't even know that it, the racetrack we have at Atlanta was not the racetrack we had in the early '90s. Uh, it was a, it was a, it was an oval. It wasn't a trioval. And uh, I love Texas. I, I love Daytona. I mean, shit, I love them all, man.
2: <laughs> so you've but, been to most of them?
3: I, I've been to quite a few tracks, been to quite a few tracks, and I've been to Talladega more times than I can count. I would say right. I have probably graced the great gates of Talladega probably over 80 times. Damn. Uh, yeah, and uh, we were going to be there for the spring race, of course. You know, that's not looking too promising right now, but uh, we're definitely making plans for the fall race at Talladega and at Bristol. Um, I got a ton of fans that, that want to party and throw it down. Well, I was going to say,
2: down. I better meet up with you at uh, Talladega in the fall.
3: Yeah, I mean, we're going to – I mean, if, if it's happening and there's going to be a race, I'm going to make a huge announcement about what, you know, what my plans are, where I'm going to be, when I'm going to be there, and uh, we're going to have a good time. We're going to have a good time. I'm expecting probably twenty to 30,000 people. Uh, at Talladega, so we may just get together and throw one hell of a party. I'm down. So, yeah. yeah, which that's I, all Talladega is anyway.
2: Right, right. I go to Talladega every year. It's my favorite track. Um, yeah. I like Darlington a lot, too. Um, I'm here in South Carolina right now, but I'm a big uh, Talladega fan.
3: I haven't been to Darlington yet. I I, I would love to go to Darlington. Uh, I would have loved to have been there during the Jeff and Jeff show back in the 90s. Uh, when Jeff Burton and Jeff Gordon was just kicking each other's ass all the way. I mean, man, do you remember that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I mean, they were on the edge of wrecking each other for I don't know how many laps. But literally, I mean, they were right on the edge of just absolutely wrecking each other.
2: Is this going to make your list?
3: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was a huge Jeff Gordon fan. Right. Named my son after him. Uh, so Jeff Gordon's going to make the list. He doesn't, he, he don't belong in the top in the, in the twenties. I'm going to start, uh, probably he's probably going to make my list five to six times. Um, and then Dale Earnhardt's going to make it two or three times. Uh, Petty, definitely got to get some Petty in there. I started my life as a Petty fan. You know, I was born in 72. It was just a natural occurrence of life to be a Richard Petty fan as a kid. But, uh, and then when Petty decided to, uh, you know, I, I saw the writing on the wall when Davy Allison come along, I was like, you know, Richard Petty's getting old, he ain't retiring yet, but he's he's he just can't keep up with these young guys and that's just a fact. So uh I jumped over to Davy Allison and then we, we all know what happened there.
2: Were so, you uh yeah. you're an Alabama gang fan?
3: I was, I was, and then Jeff Gordon come along at the right time in my life, you right. know, because I, I was pretty I was pretty tore up. Uh, when Davy when Davy died, it took me a while to even watch a race. Oof, uh, it, it did, and I, I just I, I I was tore up about it, man. Uh, but yeah, yeah, Jeff Gordon come along at the right time, and
2: some people say Davy was going to be the next greatest.
3: Yeah, uh, I've heard that argument. It, he didn't get the opportunity, but you know, Davy is the only driver I've ever known of to celebrate in victory lane in a hospital, (laughs) you know, going back to all-star race when he crossed the finish line, won the race and wound up basically in intensive care, you know, as he crossed the finish line, everything got real squirrely, but celebrated the race victory in the hospital. You know, I mean, dude was badass. Oh yeah. There's no other way to say it. And, uh, you know, (laughs) I, I miss him. I, I do. I miss him a lot but yeah I got a Sam uh, Bass
2: picture of him framed right uh, behind me
3: yeah it's man I don't know it's just I love NASCAR man it's given us so much it's given me so much in my life and I guess I'm returning it now with my videos Uh, but this doing this top 25 NASCAR moments I'm telling you it was a tough thing to start I mean where do you where do you draw the line? What What's number 25? What How do you count this thing down throughout the thousands of moments that have impacted my life? You know, and it's, it's Jamie McMurray coming out, winning in his second start, you know, filling in for Sterling Marlin. That's got to be on there. That's got mm-hmm. to make that list. Uh, something that has never been done before. I mean, who goes out in their second start, wet behind the ears, and wins a cup race? You know what I mean? <laughs> That's... You don't go out and win cup races in your, first, your second start, not even your third or fourth. I say,
2: maybe, maybe Daytona 500.
3: Yeah, I mean, you got Daytona, Talladega. Those, all those races are wild cards. Right. You know, Brad Kozlowski proved that and that zero nine, 9 that underfunded team. Uh, that crash is definitely making my top 25. I just got to figure out where to place it. Uh, that's, that was a crazy crash and and i hate using crashes in my top 25 but they all walked away
2: right and i mean it's nascar you're gonna have to have them it's 25 of the greatest moments i mean there's gonna be some wrecks in
3: there oh yeah 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 there's a there's a lot of a lot of wrecks in there and jeff gordon's wreck from watkins Glen. you know i've i've watched every every lap he ever turned in a stock car i either saw it on tv or, or in person and that's not a joke every single lap 100 percent of the laps he made even in practice even in qualifying every time his car was on the track if i wasn't there in person i watched it so what do you I, think of uh william byron then well i think he's a good kid i think he's got some learning yet to do and they all do i mean we never stop learning but I don't have a problem with him being in that 24 car at all. Uh, I think he's got some talent. I think Alex Bowman's got a lot of talent.
2: Yep. Here, here's
3: here's something for you to think about. And, uh, and I know it's getting discussed, and I was discussing it before it was getting discussed. <laughs> uh, Jimmy Johnson may or may not leave Hendrick this year now. Okay, we don't know if that's going to happen. But let's just go back to the Daytona 500 in, in a couple weeks ago. Jimmy Johnson's retiring. Okay, when Jimmy Johnson retires, unless Chase, unless the 9, the 24, the 88 wins a championship this year, okay, which we don't even know how that's going to work. Hendrick Motorsports is without a championship driver in their stable for the first time in a long time. Because even before Jeff Gordon won his first championship, Terry Labonte was driving for Hendrick Motorsports and he had won a previous championship. Of course, he won another one with Hendrick. But I was just – I was talking about the fact that I think Keslowski's coming to the Hendrick stable before this was ever a discussion because – and here's the reason I say that. First of all, Keslowski's become stagnant at Penske. Okay. Yep. Logano is – that's the horse in their stable right now. Okay. It is what it is. Logano's their horse right now. I don't know if they're they're putting more money into that team. I don't know how that works. I don't run race teams. Okay. But if you will remember, and you may not have seen it, but I saw it, when Keselowski signed with Penske, okay, Rick Hendrick, somebody stuck a microphone in Rick Hendricks face, I don't remember who it was, it may have been Jamie Little or somebody else, I don't remember, and said, what do you think about that? And he said, I will never let Brad Keselowski get too far away. That was his exact words from Rick Hendrick. okay, one of the most successful race team owners in history. All right. So I think that the talk is Kozlowski coming over and running that 48 ride, okay? Now with Jimmy Johnson maybe deciding to go another year, I don't know how this is going to play out. This may get really jacked up.
2: I mean, on, if, honestly, if I'm in that position and I'm Hendrick, I might force Jimmy to just go ahead and retire and pick up Kozlowski because I think Kozlowski could be more competitive right now in the 48.
3: Well, that's fine, and it, and that's good in theory, but you're talking about telling a seven-time champion what right. he's going to do, right. you know, and there there's the problem. As as the old saying goes, here lies the problem. <laughs> uh, we have a that's like going up to Richard Petty and telling him this is what you're going to do, <laughs> you know, or or Dale Earnhardt when when he was still running, you know, Richard Childress saying Dale, you're going to retire this year, whether you like it or not. I don't think that <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. No. Uh, so, th- there lies the problem is Jimmy has the ultimate respect and the ultimate say in what happens at the end of this year or the middle way of this year or how all this is going to play out. And that may – if if it is Keselowski, because I just cannot see Rick Hendrick not having a championship driver in his stable. I cannot see that happening. Okay? That's not good for Hendrick Motorsports if you think about it. It's not good for any race team that's used to having a championship driver or two. Yeah. Or three. Yeah, you know,
2: multiple for Hendrick.
3: In their organization and, and then not having any because your young driver is one thing, but your veteran driver is the one that can give you the most reliable information. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then all that information's passed between all the race teams, you know, and and that's without Terry Labonte and, and I'm going to say something that I've never said before and a lot of people are going to be like this man don't know what the hell he's talking about. Without Terry Labonte Jeff Gordon would have not been the 1995 Winston Cup champion.
2: Interesting. And this has come there from a Jeff go. Gordon fan.
3: Yes, because what you had is you had Terry LeBroni as the veteran supplying so much vital information to that 2014, okay? And you got to think about this. In 1995, five, Winston Cup racing, and it was Winston Cup racing, baby, Winston Cup racing was the most competitive shit on the planet. Yeah. Okay? You didn't have drivers going out there and winning eight, nine, ten races in a year at that point in time. 94, 95, 96 was probably the greatest three years in Cup racing history as far as competition goes. Okay, you had to have all your shit together, and I do mean all of it together to go out there and compete and win a race. Every detail had to be perfect. It's not like that now. There's so much money flying around that that can can win you races now, but in 95, 94, that era, you didn't have a chance. So without Terry Labonte, and I've never said this before on any podcast, I've never said it to another human being. This is the first time this has ever been (laughs) heard. Okay, I like it. but. Without Terry Labonte in 1995 being a previous Cup champion, feeding the information to Ray Everingham and Jeff Gordon and the rest of that 2014, I don't think he would have been the 95 Cup champion.
2: That is a hot now. Tank.
3: Here's the here's where it gets real interesting. Jeff Gordon was able to return the favor the following year, and Terry Labonte wanted had the longest dry spell. Between two championships in history in NASCAR, yeah, and Jeff Gordon could have complete could have changed that in fifteen at Homestead, but it just didn't work out. But yeah, it's it's all this this all this racing is a give and take between these race teams. If you have teammates that don't gel, you're screwed. You are screwed. If you've got one teammate in your stable that is not a team player, you're totally screwed. That's why Gibbs right now is so good. Those guys are all gelling like a felon right now together. Okay? <laughs> they all hang out together. They all like each other. Who wouldn't want to be teammates with Denny Hamlin and Martin Truex Jr. and Kyle Bush? Who who wouldn't? Who wouldn't?
2: Yeah, I mean, and their roster is stacked with talent too.
3: Yeah, I mean, and they're they're all they're all getting along really well. And that's what happened at Hendrick during the nineties. Everybody was getting along really well. And then, then here come Dale Jr. into the mix, and he fit like a glove. Uh, you couldn't ask for a better fit into the Hendrick organization. But, yeah, I think – I really think Kozlowski's time is over at Penske. I really believe that. Uh, I just don't see it – I don't see how he has a way to get better at Penske now or, or in think- the future. I personally think –
2: I personally think if Jimmy Johnson does decide to stay because of this season, uh, I, I, I could see Kislowski staying with Penske one more year and cause it benefits both people. I mean, you know, Penske could yeah. potentially get, you know, one or two more wins out of Kislowski with him staying another year and Kislowski gets to wait for that 48 to open up, which is the only other ride you would want to leave that <coughs> two for really.
3: Yeah. Yeah. and, 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 I could see that happening possibly. You know there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff that goes into this and we don't understand that. Right. Um we don't want to understand that. I think it would <laughs> if I understood how all the race teams operate and how all the negotiations happen, I probably would never watch racing again. Uh, because it just it, it would probably ruin my interest in it. I'm a fan and that's what I need to remain as yeah, a fan. It's
2: not a business uh, for us. It's a sport.
3: You know, and I have an opinion. You have an opinion. We also all have an asshole. You know what I'm saying? And (laughs) I I remind people of that all the time. I said, yes, you have an opinion, but you you also have an asshole. Don't forget this. (laughs) You know, and and that's just what it is. But if you look at the history of what's happened to different drivers, okay, and 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 you've been able to look at it and see the stats. Okay, when Jeff Burton left the 99 ride, okay, and Carl Edwards stepped in. Carl Edwards immediately started winning. Carl Edwards started ripping the track up. So, what was the difference? You had a different driver, same team, right? But all of a sudden, that team's winning a ton of races. Yeah. You see what I'm talking about?
2: Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a good uh, point.
3: Kevin Harvick left Childress. Right. Immediately goes out and wins a championship. You yep. know, and it's it's not the organization. It's the fact that everything doesn't gel, okay? You you like uh, Tony Stewart fires Darian Grubb after he wins a championship, okay? this This is the most insane thing I've ever heard or seen in my life because of something that happened earlier in the season. He told him, after Homestead, I'm firing your ass. Goes out, wins a championship, and says, I'm standing strong to my word, and fired him. <laughs> I mean, you know, something was amiss even though they won the championship. Something was amiss. And that's what happens inside these race teams. If your driver and crew chief are not on the same exact page every moment, you're you're not going to be successful. You know, uh Ray Evernham and Jeff Gordon perfect example. You give Jeff Gordon another crew chief and he does not have the same success as he had with Ray Evernham it's that simple. Ray Irvingham wanted to go out and form his own race team. He did. He never really found the success that he had with Jeff Gordon because he didn't have Jeff Gordon, you know, and it's, uh, Larry McReynolds and Dale Earnhardt. Look what happened. Dale Earnhardt tried to win the Daytona 500 for how many years? Right. Something always happened. Larry McReynolds is now his crew chief. Their very first race together. What happens? Dale Earnhardt wins the Daytona 500. You know, it's just, you can't write this stuff.
2: Where's that going to be on your list?
3: It's going to be somewhere in there. It's going to be somewhere in that's there. That's got to be a but top. Um, I mean, that's got to be up there, right? It, it, it's yeah, it's going to be up there. But I'm telling you, making this list is the hardest thing I've ever had to do in my life. I would rather go deal with 150 clogged up toilets at the same damn time than try to make this list. Cause so is, you are is,
2: you are truly a plumber?
3: Oh, yeah. This yeah, isn't just like before. a
2: whole bit like uh you know the blue collar comedy guys no. do.
3: No, I'm I'm truly a plumber. I've been a plumber for 36 years. And do the math on that. I'm 48. So, damn. Yeah. yeah, I got started young. Uh but yeah, no, I'm really a plumber. I'm the real deal. I've been dealing with the shit for 36 years. <laughs> oh shit. And uh I actually, you know, it, it's uh it's an honor for me to be a plumber. And a lot of people go like, man, how do you deal with this shit? You know, we're, you're dealing with shit, dude. (laughs) I said, yeah, but it's an honor for me to deal with shit. And they're like, I don't understand this. Well, I, I explained it to them. I said, look, when a person calls me most likely they're at one of their lowest points in life. That means that there is shit all over their bathroom in their bathtubs normally. And they're in a desperate situation. A lot of times they're crying on the telephone. I calm them down, tell them a couple of jokes, you know, and uh, then then I get over there. We take care of the problem. We help them clean it up, and we get out of there. But it, it's actually an honor for someone to call you when they're at one of their lowest points in life, and they're dependent on you to make everything better quickly as possible. And uh, that just you know, I love what I do. I love it. I I get to be somebody's hero every day. And there's not a lot of professions where you get to say that. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, you know, and no one. And another thing is, is everybody's happy to see me coming. When I show up at somebody's house or business, they love me. They're like, "Oh yeah, man, come on in." You know, they, they are ready to see me, <laughs> and they are happy as they can be that I am there. And that goes for every plumber in America, every AC guy, right? Every electrician. You know, uh, that working in the trades is probably the most satisfying thing that a person can do. There's no desk. There's no, you know, there, there's no break room. There's no water fountain to have discussions around. There's none of that. There, there's shit, toilets, and more shit. <laughs> and that's that's just as simple as it gets.
2: You're not ever uh, so, doing any TikToks from work?
3: No, no. I, I thought about actually, <laughs> and this is probably the craziest thought I ever had, and I don't know how well it would go over, but I've learned something through these past few months. Evidently, people like my stupid ass. <laughs> uh, you know, and, and I don't know why I, I really, I couldn't tell you why, but I thought about filming my own damn reality show and putting it on YouTube TV, mm, yeah. you know, with this, with this coronavirus going on, you can't, you can't really get close to anybody, but my, my kids tell me if there was ever a show about my life, that it would be the highest rated shit ever watched on TV because <laughs> my son's, this is the way he tells it. And he's 20 years old, so, you know, I don't really get on to him about much anything he says. But he tells me all the time, he says, you are probably the craziest son of a bitch that ever lived. <laughs> and I, I'm like, maybe. And he said, there ain't no damn maybe. Uh, you know, when he, was, when he was in high school, any given Friday or Saturday night, you know, teenagers like to go out. Oh, yeah. They like to go out. They like, we have beaches here. We got all kind of stuff going on. Not my son and his friends. Oh, no. Typically on a Friday and Saturday night, even though they all had cars, there was 50 to 75 of them at my house, in my backyard, around a fire, wanting me to tell them damn stories all night. And I'm like, man, y'all should be out, you know, partying and stuff and having a good time. They're like, oh, hell no. We can do that anytime. How often can we hear these crazy-ass stories? <laughs> you know, and I, I'll just give you one example. Just just one example, okay? And, then, and I'm just – I don't I don't tell a whole lot of shit from when I was young, but I'll tell you this one. I was in the tenth uh, grade, and every morning, literally, we had a. Uh, they may still have intercoms in high schools nowadays. I, I don't know how they do things. Don't really care. But <laughs> every morning we had morning announcement, we had pledge pledge of allegiance every morning, and we had the national anthem every morning. Okay, most mornings we'd have a prayer over the intercom. It'd be short, but most mornings, and then. After all that was done, every single day of school, without fail, the next thing you heard is, Randy, not a last name, no last name necessary, Randy, come to the office every day, come to the office every single day, because I did crazy shit in school. Well, this one particular morning, now this was, let me go back to the night before, me and four other buddies went and stole the principal's car. Okay, he had a a 70, I think it was a 74 Volkswagen Beetle. We We stole his car, he lived on school property. He lived right next to the high school. We stole his car, we drove it over to the office. Well, we actually pushed it most of the way and then we cranked it up after we got far enough away from his house. Drove it to the office, broke into the office, okay? Broke into his office, then we dismantled his car and we put it back together inside his office. And we knew that shit was going to get real the next day. The engine and just, everything? Oh, yeah, the whole car. You could have cranked it up and drove it right through the wall. <laughs> uh, a a Volt, The old Volkswagen Beetles were very easy to take apart. Very easy. It only took a couple, about three hours to completely take this thing apart and put it back together inside his office. So that morning, after when announcements were done, I heard, Randy, do not walk do not run sprint to the damn office right now. And I was like, Oh, okay. He must've found his car. <laughs> so, and, and, you know, there's 2000 students at this high school, but there's only one person that's crazy enough to do anything like this. And they all know who it is. This was one of many instances. So I walk in the office, the lady walking in the office, I won't call any names. She says, you need to just go on in his office right now. So I walk in there, I sit down on the front bumper of his car and I look at him and I say, what's going on? And he said, well, I know you did it now. And I said, I did what? He said, let me explain something. He said, a bunch of people have come into my office this morning and every damn one of them, as soon as they walk in here, they go, why the hell is your car in your office? But not you. (laughs) <laughs> Not you. You walk in here and you sit on the damn bumper and you look at me and go, "What's up?" Because you know why the damn car's in the office. It's <laughs> a good point. And he says, "He says I don't want to know any names." He said, "I don't want to know anything." He said, "You and whoever did this, because you didn't do this by yourself. Y'all got exactly four hours to get my car out of my damn office and have my car running again, sitting out in front of this office." So I had to go round everybody up. And we went and took his car out of his office. I don't know how he knew I did it. But uh <laughs> I sat right down on the damn bumper. You know, he wasn't shit.
2: Uh, nowadays, kids would get arrested for
3: that. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. I mean, I tell my kids all the time. I said, I'm sorry y'all's life sucks. <laughs> I said, I, I, I really am. and And I said, you know, I was born in 72. I grew up in the 80s. No finer time. For a kid to grow up in America in the '80s, and I, I mean to tell you that I don't care what anybody says, the '80s were the shit. Ronald Reagan was president for the first time in the in history. Parents had a little money, and not a lot of money, but they had a little money. So every every teenager had a little cash in their pocket. Our music was unbelievable. Uh, you know, we had number one hits coming out on the radio every single day. eighty The '80s rock music was just I mean, no better time to grow up, but I tell them, I'm sorry your life sucks. You know, uh, back at, back in those days, uh, not that we did it, but if a teenager was caught drinking, they took you home. They took you home and the parents beat the shit out of you. Uh, And it, and it it was over. It was over at that point. Uh, but now they take you to jail, take you to juvenile, whatever, then they're ruining your whole life. Yeah. But I mean, we had the freedom. We had just enough money to enjoy our freedom. You know, uh, when I was 17 years old, uh, a six pack of beer was, I think a dollar 90 cents. A can of snuff was fifty, fifty-five 55 cents. A gallon Jesus. of gas was 70 cents, 70, sometimes 79 cents. If it was high, it was 80 cents. Uh, you know, uh, Cokes come in a uh, 16 ounce glass bottles. Uh, your sodas did, and they were usually around a quarter. And then your Snickers bar stuff like that was about a quarter. So literally for about 15 bucks, man, you could go out on the town. Movie was a buck. Uh, a uh, you know Big Mac combo was a dollar ninety nine. And it, it didn't take much money to go out and have a great time. But yet we had the freedom. You know nobody was hounding us. Nobody was up our ass. And we were good kids, so to speak. I mean we did a lot of crazy stuff. <laughs> But, you know, we didn't, there was no school shootings. There was no, right. um, you know, I was, I was standing in the parking lot. I started driving to school before I had my license. Okay. And nobody ever questioned that. Uh, matter of fact, I was 13, you know, but nobody said, hey, what the hell is this kid doing driving to school? Nobody cared. If my parents said it was okay, it was okay. Matter of fact, my principal challenged that one time. And he said, I, he got pissed off at me about the car incident. And he said, "I'm suspending your parking privileges at the school. You don't even have a license." And I did have a license then, but uh, he's like, "You didn't have a license all this time and all this stuff." And he said, "You can no longer park your your truck at the school." I said, "Okay." So the next day, I drove my damn tractor to school. <laughs> you know, and he couldn't say nothing about that because there's <laughs> there's no law against it. And right. then I got my parking privileges back. But that same principal come over to my truck one morning. And he said, Randy. I said, yeah. He said, is that the new Remington 1100 inch Magnum shotgun in your back window? I said, it sure is. He said, can I see that? I was like, yeah. And he's out in the parking lot looking down the barrel. And he's like, man, that's one badass shotgun. I said, I know it is. And if you look around at all the trucks in the parking lot, they had shotguns in all the back windows of them at school. Okay. My pocket knife was barred by every teacher I had constantly. They would need a pocket knife or something. I you got, you got your pocket knife on you. Yeah, I got my pants on. Of course I do. <laughs> uh, we live. We we was it was a whole different era of life. But we didn't have any school shootings. We didn't have any problems. You respected your teachers, <clears throat> you know. And <clears throat> if you didn't, you got the hell beat out of you. <laughs> so it's just it's just that simple. But I was a juvenile delinquent then. Hell, I probably still am now. But because uh, I at heart at least. I just, well, I decided last year, you no, know, the year before that, that when my son was a senior in high school, that I was going to have to go out and teach them the proper way to roll a house during homecoming. And <laughs> I did. I, I went out and taught them the proper way to do it because they were screwing it all up. I said, that that's, they were showing pictures. And I'm like, that's not how you roll a house. I said, if you're going to roll a house, you roll the damn thing right. Or you don't do it at all.
2: Do you have any tips so, for all, for all of us?
3: Yeah. Build you a toilet paper throwing device, giant rubber band and a piece of cardboard. You set that roll of toilet paper in there and you roll off about 10 foot of it and step on it and you turn that baby loose. It's going clean over that house. Yeah, yeah. It's Or it's going to go 100 foot up in a tree. (laughs) Well, if you had a reality
2: show, I would absolutely watch it.
3: Yeah, I'm thinking about it, man. I really am. I I thought about it, and I'm like, well, I wonder who would sponsor me. Maybe Tampax or something like that, you know? <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. but it, it's I've it, The reality shows I've seen on TV, uh, yeah, I could do one.
2: Yeah,
3: yeah. I could do one because these guys, they ain't even funny. They're just dumbasses, some of them, you know? And, I mean, we'd call it keeping up with the plumber or some shit like that, you know? <laughs> I think, it's, I think it's
2: great. And you got your catchphrase. By the way, the catchphrase on your hat, for uh, everybody that can't see this visually, it says, I am the caution. What, what's the yes. story
3: behind this? Uh, well, the first I race was at Texas. Right. And uh, Clint Boyer was watching everybody wreck behind him, assuming the caution was fixing to come out. So he just kind of just started lollygagging around. And the next thing you know, he was in the wall. And he said it right there on FX1, uh, FS1. He said, uh, I was riding. I saw him in my mirror wrecking. And he said, next thing I know is I am the caution. <laughs> so I was like, shit, I got to make a hat about that. And then uh, I got on a podcast with him and, him and Denny Hamlin. And that's kind of where we were talking about it. And I told him, I said, you know, I, I, I'm not big on this eye racing, but just one week in, I got a new phrase in life. And he's like, what are you talking about? I said, well, I used to live by the phrase, if you ain't first, you're last. Right. He's like, oh, yeah, that's a good one. That's good. And I said, but not now. no more. I am the caution now. And uh, then the hat started coming out. And about uh, I think we sold 740 of them the first day. They were on my website. And I was like, holy crap. I got to get a bigger machine
2: and what's what's Make your website things. what's the url
3: randy the com. okay just just like it sounds just spells just like it sounds randy the com. that's where uh you find my my jackass and uh all my crazy <laughs> merchandise and i got i got a little bit of it you know uh we're working on some new stuff every day but uh yeah i got oh shit hats on there and I got just I got a uh, hat on there that says Class of 2020, the year shit got real, for the seniors. <laughs> um, and it, it doesn't say shit on it though, because they're high school kids. It says uh, S, the uh, hashtag, the at sign, and then T. Oh,
2: okay. Instead yeah, of yeah. saying
3: shit, you know, it's a clean version of shit.
2: Right for the for the high school kids.
3: Yeah, I tell people all the time you wear it at Walmart, but I wouldn't wear it to church. You know what I'm saying? That's fair. But we can't go to church right now. So we can't, hell, we can't hardly go to Walmart right now. But,
2: <laughs> well, you know, uh, it, pretty much everybody that comes on my podcast, I like to send them uh, some of my chair gating podcast merch. So if yeah. I send you something, um, I- I'll send you a link and I'll let you pick it out. Uh, would you wear it on one of your TikToks? Oh, yeah. yeah so no, it
3: ain't like thongs or nothing like that. I don't <laughs> do that.
2: No, it's NASCAR merch. It's all NASCAR yeah. shirts.
3: Oh, yeah. 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 I'm good with that, man. All
2: right. You got to give me a shout out on TikTok because you're so famous
3: now. I don't know about the famous part, but there's a, there's, I tell I tell you what I am. i tell you what I am. I, I'm just like Freddie Mercury. That's what <laughs> okay. I am. I'm a misfit making a bunch of misfits laugh and we all belong to each other. How about that? I like that. Yeah. That's uh that that's what it is. I've been, I've been threatening to become a comedian most of my life. So, What the hell? I might as well do it now. Yeah. This podcast probably go out to 5 million people, and they're going to be like, now he's got to be a damn comedian. Yeah. What are we going to do now? This crazy son of a bitch is going to get turned loose somewhere, and he's going to make us all fucking laugh. All
2: I'm saying is if Larry the Cable Guy can do it, you really are a plumber. So.
3: Yeah. I really am a plumber, and I really know Larry the Cable Guy. Really? Uh, I actually, believe it or not, I drove limos for a week one time. Just to drive him, he came to town, and I went and got a job.
2: Nice.
3: Driving limos, and uh, picked him up after his show. We spent a couple hours together. We had us a blast, and uh, the rest is history, man. He's a cool uh, guy? Oh, he is – man, he is more fun than you can ever imagine. His name's Dan Whitney, uh, and, you know, when you're in his presence, you don't call him Larry or nothing like that. You just call him Dan or Daniel. Oh. Uh, but, yeah, he, dude. That is one of the funnest people, and I've hung out with a lot of people in my life, okay? That is one of the funnest people I've ever hung out with in my life. He When you're hanging out with him, you might as well be hanging out with some dude that ain't got five dollars to his name you he's just he's just down the earth, down to earth. He's a lot of fun uh and me and him just crack jokes back and forth to each other. Just I give you an example. Uh, and he may watch this and listen to it. And he probably remembers me. I would imagine. I don't know how he can forget me, but, uh, <laughs> it was just, it was just about four years ago when he got in the car. I said, Hey, you hungry? You know? And, and first of all, when he got in there, it was a link. It was a uh, Cadillac Escalade, okay. brand new Cadillac Escalade that I was driving that night. And he goes to get in and he's got a cigar box and uh, a cigar pulls the cigar out. And he says, uh, you mind if I smoke this? Yes? I said, Mr. Whitney you can do whatever the hell you want to do. I said, I only took this job to drive you to the airport. As soon as I get back, I'm resigning. So I really don't give a shit. And he said, he said, man, are you serious? I'm like, yeah, I'm serious. So, uh, he got in, he lit his cigar, you know, I mean, this Escalade was literally purchased the day before. Okay. It had like 19 miles on it and he's in there (laughs) smoking a big old cigar and I don't give a shit. Okay. So, uh, he said, yeah, I'm hungry. And I said, well, you know, uh, KFC is not open. I know you like KFC. And I said, but Wendy's is open. You used to work here. How about that? Cause he did when he was a teenager, he worked at Wendy's. He said, man, you know a lot about me. I said, yeah, I, I know a pretty good bit about you. So we go to Wendy's and we get in the drive through and ordered a little bit of food. It was like two sandwiches. Get up there to the window. And I go to pull my wallet out. And he says, if you pull your wallet out and pay for this, I'm going to punch you in your face. I said, you just want to get to punching because I don't get to buy you supper every night of the week, buddy. And I said, so I'm buying tonight, so you might as well just get to punching. <laughs> and I think that's about the time he realized that me and him was fixing to get along real good. And uh, we did, too. We had a great time. We were firing some stuff back. I don't even remember what it was. But, I mean, we was cracking jokes left and right with each other. Man, we had a terrific time.
2: Well, we got to get so him get, on, your,
3: uh, on your reality show, then. Yeah, if you ever get a chance to hang out with him, anybody listening to this, if you ever get a chance to hang out with him, do it. Because you will not regret it. I don't care what you've been told about the man or anything else. He is a lot of fun. He's about as crazy as I am.
2: Words of wisdom.
3: Yeah, yeah. But it's, <laughs> it's, it's I've I've done a lot of stuff in my life, man. I've I've lived. I've lived, and I tell people a lot. I've lived the hell out of this life. I can't wait for the next one because I have lived the shit out of this one, and uh, I'm gonna continue living it until I take my last breath. And I, I think that's uh I think on my TikTok, that's in my bio, living life wide open. Yeah. And, and I don't give a shit who likes it or not. You know, it's, just, it's just what it is. I, I don't ever look in the rearview mirror, man. I look I look forward because that's where I'm headed. So Well, but yeah. I, did,
2: I think that's a good ending point. But this was an incredible episode. I, I need to see if I can get you back on. We'll see how long this quarantine thing last. because I know
3: you're a busy man. Oh, anytime, man, anytime. I ain't got shit to do right now. <laughs> Doing my top twenty-five NASCAR, then I'm gonna probably do my top twenty-five baseball, and then I'm gonna—I I, I don't know. I might—I might make a damn sitcom, you know. <laughs> I got some prank phone calls I need to make. I'm probably gonna make one tonight. I prank phone called a grocery store the other day about toilet paper. That turned out pretty good. That's on YouTube. Yeah, that's on YouTube and my Instagram, Randy the Plumber on Instagram as well. That whole video, I think it's six minutes. Was that on I TikTok prank-
2: in like portions?
3: Yeah, because TikTok only lets you do a minute. Right.
2: That's what I saw. Uh, I saw
3: that. Yeah. <laughs> but if you go to my Instagram or my YouTube, I, I think it's yeah. Both of those has the whole segment. And uh, I just given the dude hell. I told him at one point in time I was coming down there to whip his ass. You know, <laughs> and uh, I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna call that same store tonight and hope to get that same guy. But I do those on my TikTok live. Uh, You know, and and something happened last night on my live, and I would encourage everybody to, if you can do something like this, to do it. Uh, We ordered uh, some food last night for delivery. It's actually ice cream because I wanted ice cream. Nice. And
2: uh, we ordered it for
3: delivery. It was just a little, just soft serve. I mean, that's all that was open. It was like 10 o'clock.
2: Oh, okay. But
3: uh, the delivery guy, it was 13 bucks, and I, during my TikTok live is when I ordered it. And I said, you know, I said, I'm going to show y'all this on live. And what I did was I took one of my Randy, the plumber hats, which can only be gifted. They can never be purchased. Uh, I only gift those to certain people and you got to do something to impress me to get them to get it gifted. They can't ask for it or nothing like that. So I took that hat, one of my Randy, the plumber hats and a hundred dollar bill. And I stuck the hundred dollar bill down inside the hat and I handed it to the delivery driver. And it's $13 check, so I imagine he was anticipating anywhere from a 3 to a $5 tip. Right. And uh, handed him the hat, and I said, I'm, gonna get, I'm gifting you one of these Randy the plumber hats. I appreciate you uh, bringing this ice cream to me. And I said, if you'll open that hat, I got another gift for you in there, and he opened it up. And, and his reaction wasn't really that that big at the time, but he wound up emailing me an hour later and telling me what it meant to him uh, and how appreciative he was because he 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 had been struggling with all this going on, what, not knowing whether to stay at home or be out working or what. Because everybody's ordering food for delivery right now. Right. So, uh, oh man, it just made his day. It just made his day. That, and, and and I would encourage anybody. It doesn't have to be a hundred bucks. Just if you got food delivered and you can give them a generous tip, do it because these people are, man, they're they're out there not knowing where they're going, what they're walking into. You know, they could be opening the door up to a house that's full of this virus. They have no idea. So essentially, they're risking their lives to bring us food right now. Yeah. Of course, anytime you get on the road, you're risking your life anyway. But I just, I just, something just told me to do it last night and I felt impressed to do it. So I would encourage anybody that could do something similar to that to do it. Because these delivery people, they're struggling too. Uh, You know, and most of these companies are doing free delivery, no delivery charge. So that means those drivers are solely relying on our tips. So, uh, but yeah, just a cool little thing from last night. All right. Well,
2: what's the what's the TikTok? Uh, what's how how do people find you on TikTok?
3: It's uh, Randy underscore the underscore plumber. Okay. Uh, the same on Instagram. Uh, 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 Twitter's Randy the plumber three or something like that and uh on my uh on my youtube i think it's just randy the plumber well on twitter that's where
2: you got to dm me your uh the address you want me to send that because i'll send you something i'll i'll send you the link you pick out whatever you want and uh we'll get it sent over to you
3: sure man sure sounds good and And i might just send you one of my randy the plumber hats back okay well
2: i know not to ask i won't ask
3: (laughs) It's just something I'm I'm doing, you know. I I got a lot of merchandise for sale, but that's kind of an exclusive thing, and uh, you know, it's just it's just what it is. It's like this. I am the caution hat, right? Very first one I made, I autographed it and put the number one on it because it's the very first one, and sending it to Clint Boyer. (laughs) Uh, You know, people like Clint Boyer. You know, they're they're NASCAR superstars and they're always signing stuff. How often do they get an autographed item back?
2: That's funny, yeah.
3: And uh, especially something that didn't ask for. So hopefully right. he hears this podcast, and uh, you know, and and appreciates that as well. But yeah, it's all good. It's all fun. Everything's fun and games around here until somebody gets hurt. And night four last, somebody stubbed their toe or some shit. I don't know, but <laughs> it's all good. We just we're just raising as much hell as possible.
2: Well, you got to teach me how to do this TikTok uh, and the next time you come on my podcast. Maybe that's what we'll go over. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Just get on there and let out a big old, oh, shit! Oh, shit! Yeah, you're getting punched right I'm working on it. <laughs> that's coming from the gut right there, baby. That's got soul
2: in it. That's I'm working on it. Man. I'll get there. <laughs> All right, Randy. Thanks for coming on, man. All right, buddy. I appreciate it. Y'all be good. All right, take care.
0: It was a straight shot, but all it took was love.